Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. You know who you are! You're in the Guns Radio Podcast, baby! You're gonna die! It's the Guns Radio Podcast! Coming to you on them crazy internet that Al Gore invented. As always, I'm Dustin Bones. And I'm... Chris Caputo, welcome to episode number 22 of the Guns and Radio podcast. This week's a pretty special one because we're going to be joined by a very special guest. We got Jeff from GNR Central here with us. What's up, Jeff? Hell hey, yeah. guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. We got, a, we got a lot of cool shit to talk about today. I can't wait. Let's dig in. Hell yeah. But first, we're going to get we're going to hear from somebody that wants to sell you. And we'll be right back in 30 seconds. All right, all right. Welcome back. Before we get started, Chris, we need to address Spotify and how they're not playing all of our commercials. Yes, that we have do have to address. Because <laughs> if you listen on Spotify, Spotify. there's some weird, uh, some weird pauses in the show that we figured out. It ain't us. That's all we're going to say. It ain't us doing it. Our shit's where it's supposed to be. I think if you listen anywhere else, you'll hear the ads. Spotify, which I shouldn't be telling people this, because now everybody's going to go to Spotify for a reduced ad experience. It's only by like one. Like I listened to an like, attitude a little while ago, and like there was a weird like gap in between one part. There was like, oh, oh they're missing an ad. I was like, fuck. Yeah, but uh, shit, there goes my quarter. <laughs> you know how much we made. I'm ready to reveal our number so far, as of today. Oh shit! Okay, let's hear this. As of today, when I checked it. Our podcast officially has made $9.99. We are Ooh, we are a penny away from being able to... They won't even cash us out till we're at least 10. We're a penny away from being able to... to being able to do... Did, they take, a, did they take a cut when you cashed out, too? Oh, of course. I'm sure they do. I haven't cashed out yet. Uh, I don't know. Oh, we're that close. I know, man. We're so close to... So Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, welcome aboard. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on, man. We really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Jeff here is from uh, GNR Central. Tell everybody, uh, basically, you used to do the podcasts and things, right? Or do they, do, they, do they still do those? I haven't seen them up in a little while. Yeah, we're on a little bit. Of, you guys can hear me okay, right? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Right on. Um, yeah, we're on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment, indefinitely. Um, we've kind of done our rounds. Uh, we obviously haven't hit the big players, any of the original five. But, you know, we've got Roberta Friedman. We've got Teddy Andreatis. So, I mean, we've got some hitters in the band and some of the, their side projects. But 
uh, my co-host and creator and owner and the whole thing, pretty much he does all, Sid, he does all the, the website and the Facebook and his Twitter account. Uh, personally, I'm just along for the ride. I mean, I love the kid, but we're there. I'm just there for the podcast. Uh, but he's been so nice to bring me under his wing and let me be a co-host uh, pretty much since uh, I would say his fourth or fifth at or sixth episode, I've been pretty much a constant co-host since. And, you know, we did the trip uh, two or three in 16. In 16, we did the uh, Staples Center show for for guns. And, uh, you know, I got his back. You know, know, I'm there for the podcast. And, you know, we've been friends uh, pretty much since his sixth one, I would say. And we did a maybe a total of 80, 85 or something like that. We've kind of been on hiatus for a reason. Like the band hasn't really done much. They haven't released anything. Their management hasn't exactly been what I would call, uh, great to their fans. Uh, so let me ask you this though. Have you guys had any problems like how everybody else that does anything Guns N' Roses related on YouTube lately uh, is getting ta- flagged? And uh, You mean with all the copyright strikes and everything? Yeah, all that bullshit going on. Like, has any of that affected yeah, you we, guys? <clears throat> we've fallen victim. Yes, uh, to say the least. These quote-unquote super fans who kind of want to pretend they work for the band have come after us, yes. What did they get you guys? What could they get you guys with, though? Anything. If there was a five-second clip of Axel and uh, West Arkeen playing yesterday in that basement of CBGBs or wherever they were from, like, the early 90s uh, when MTV did a clip of them, while we were waiting for the Illusions album, if that was on there, it got struck. If you had just a snippet of music that was more than five seconds long, it got hit. Um, maybe any image that wasn't like free press, anything. I mean, Damn. down to the nitty gritty, bare bones. Like if they, even if it wasn't, but it was in the gray area, it got a strike. How do you combat that, though? And again, this is Sid's baby, and I'm just along for the ride. He had to jump through hoops, you know? Like, he had to first move all his content onto another channel, which is now Rock and Roll True Stories, which is what he's been focusing mostly on, because there's been more of a reception on that, which, you know, more power to him, and all due respect, he's got to feed his family. I get oh, it. yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> He had to move all the videos over to another channel, and then he had to dispute all of copyright claims. And it was getting closer and closer to the deadline where it was like, we're going to take your channel down. And he did a lot, a lot of research in one day and got this like direct connection online, instant messenger to somebody at YouTube. Like, it's his baby now. He won't tell anybody the address. Like, <laughs> so he immediately can go to this particular person he's been dealing with, from my understanding, or person in this division or division or whatever, from here on out. And Lucky break. Yeah, yeah. Like his hard work paid off because, like I said, the deadline was coming, and and he talked to this person, and the person reviewed it for him on the spot. I think, and 
yeah, granted him his, his ref, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, refute. Uh, yeah. He refuted it and won on all of them. I think all of them, but maybe one. And I think one was on his Rock and Roll True Story page, I think. Don't quote me on that. But long story short, these trolls and these quote-unquote super fans, they're just doing it to make like, people's lives hard. I mean, why? You just don't get it. You know, but I mean, there's people who aren't even really diehard GNR fans that this was coming to light to just recently. Uh, I was on the Twatter Twitter uh, the other day and there's this uh, maybe within the last month and this guy had tweeted like, oh, my gosh, I just uploaded my GNR show from a month ago. and I got a copyright strike. And then. I tweeted at him and I was like, dude, you're like behind the curve. And then behind, <laughs> you know, private messages we've since gone on. And I was like, you know, got God, some you bad news. Dude, you're not, you're a little late to the party, but here, let me let you know what's been going on. But you know, it's like now they're going after even super, super fans. who are like, I'm not going to name any names, but if you do your research, you can find it on the uh, forums and stuff. But, there's a super fan that got a strike. I mean, Megan, Flash's girlfriend on her uh, Instagram got a strike. You guys <laughs> hear about that? No. Like, and her replies like, I'm in with the band. And uh, <laughs> so that, in turn, uh, that, in turn, uh, got Team Brazil's attention to um, the Mac because she's a super fan. Yeah. And um, or he... I should say. And this particular person, like, woke beta or be, uh, beta up, beta up, and it was, she's, she releases a statement on the lines of, like, we don't know who's doing it, but we do know it's not a, a supposed fan or something like that or some fan that pretends to be a part of us. And so that just, like, completely contradicted her entire statement. <laughs> we don't know who it is, but we do know. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? So, and then did you guys remember when Guns N' Roses actually tweeted to their fans to send them their bootleg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. That was the funniest fucking thing here. we saw. Cannot go live. I was like, fuck it. I retweeted it. All I wrote was fucking clown shit. <laughs> Get your shit together. Like, are they seriously getting lazy now that they're like, they're like the type of people who like call people who have warrants and are like, hey, if you come to the police station, we got $5,000 cash for you. You want an award? <laughs> How dumb does Team Brazil think that their fan base are now? Oh, man. Uh, what? What? Like, what could they I, be I honestly, doing? You know what? I, <laughs> Fernando and the sweetest guy to me, but I seriously, uh, when they tweeted that, you guys deserve fucking clown shoes. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. And like I said, thing, I met though. Fernando, and he's a fucking sweetest guy, and he stopped and he talked to me, and you can see on my Twitter page, on my on my avatar, that it's a picture of me and Sid. And Fernando, but I'm sorry, that tweet was the worst one that ever, other than the 4th of July. <laughs> the 4th of July, when they're like, they totally missed the point. No, it was veterans. Was it 4th of July or veterans? It's 4th of July, I think. 
And they like, or Memorial Day. Or Memorial Day, that's it. My bad. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's the one. Yeah. They tweeted a barbecue instead of uh, our fallen soldiers and remembrance and like <laughs> the point and the fucking goddamn poster was like two different fields. Like Team Brazil, man. Like God love them. And come on, man. <laughs> Get it all in a bag. Take it to the shit store. I don't care what you do with it. Get it together. Yeah. In your own custom GNR laundry bag for thirty nine ninety nine. Yep. Oh, no doubt. Oh, they are having a sale now, though. No, wait, that's passed. I did get. I did, I did get my email about that. I appreciate the after holiday sale. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Hey, how, speaking of after holiday sales, how did your guy? What was your guy's opinion? When the box set went down four hundred dollars, like two Christmases ago, after Ooh. Christmas, our, our our recurring third man here, uh, Dan from another uh, from uh, what the Famicom podcast there, he has the GNR box set thing, and he did get it for like half price, which was a hell of a steal. Better than getting the a bunch of uh, temporary tattoos and uh, five rings for a thousand dollars. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I do right? want the rings. I want the rings, and I want the box. That's all I care about. It's cool. It's not worth a thousand dollars. I know. I don't want. To, yeah, I'm not paying three hundred dollars for a goddamn box because that's literally all I want it for well, is the box. Is, is that how? Is that how much? Is that how much I think they're going for it now? Three four hundred bucks. Yeah, I think they're about. Yeah, I think they were about three ninety nine. I think the whole thing pissed a lot of people off. I think a lot oh, yeah. of people got pissed off by that. Well, I mean, let's me remember. Off. Well, yeah, it pissed me off too. But let, let, let's remember, dude. Like Guns N' Roses' target market market has changed since like the late '80s and early '90s. Like I remember my my tickets were never more than twenty five or thirty bucks back then. Now, which was which was then extremely affordable. Yeah, I mean, now tickets. My, I would pay one hundred and fifty bucks for VIP tickets. Back in the day, now 150 bucks gets you in the goddamn nosebleed section. I'm not paying for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just, I mean, but look, man, you got to give it to them, man. It is their comeback tour. You know, well, maybe. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate what it is. I don't think they're on the election professionally, uh, nor like with the amount of their uh, material to be on the. Uh, Rolling Stones slash Paul McCartney level ticket prices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think could have made it a little more affordable just to see what the reaction would have been. Because a, there's no Steven and b, there's no Izzy. Yeah. And now that and like would have been worth uh, the fucking price, but I don't think Steven could do it. Physically, I don't either. Like, he's going no. out and he's playing hour, hour and a half sets now and, and like, walking off the stage holding his back. Yeah, I don't um, think he could do three I, hours a night. Living, no way. But the original plan was to have maybe Matt, maybe Steven and Frank, and they all, well, Matt plays the illusion, Steven plays the appetite. And, that would and, be cool. Uh, like, have three maybe, drummers, like, three drum sets set up across the back and then just uh, spotlight whoever's playing at the time. That would be dope. Yeah, I agree. That's not, or you, they could just use the same kit and something could like 
spin in and out like a kaleidoscope. Oh, that whatever. would be cool. Like it spins around and then there's a different yeah, one. Too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be dope. And trust me, for how much they're spending on this tour, they they could easily do it. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, going back to the drummers, man, like I live in Cincinnati. I was extremely lucky on July 6th to be in the pit for when Steven rejoined the band for the first time in 27 years, man. That's pretty dope. That's, That's pretty awesome, awesome man. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened, man. Like, I have a buddy, and he and I have been really close friends in regards to music. He even dragged me to a Motley Crue show, a two of them, actually. And I was like, fuck Motley Crue, man. Guns N' Roses forever. And he's like, <laughs> man, I got tickets, man. Come on, let's just go. And he took me to the Alice Cooper farewell show. That was worth it. That was uh, awesome. Uh, I, uh, I, I caught uh, Alice Cooper's hot, girl, hot female guitar player's uh, pick. Dude, um, I know, oh, right? Strokes. But, but, uh, so Steven's bass player, so, um, but, uh, so my buddy, he's like, calls me the day of the show, and since he always has the tickets, he's like, man, my wife got a call from a friend from a local rock radio station, and they got, they got us tickets, man, but blah, 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 I'll make sure I get you in, and I was like, dude, you burst my bubble, man, now I'm not even gonna fucking go, and then, like, <laughs> two hours before the show, I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking? Of course I'm going to the fucking show. <laughs> like, so I, I meet him at a bar down there and he, like, I meant to tell you, he owns a ticket brokering company. So he's like, dude, since I screwed you over, here's a fucking pit ticket for 50 bucks. Nice. He took it out of his personal, took it out of his personal inventory from his company because he owns one of the ticket brokering companies. Like, you go online, you pay three times face value for any ticket. And, he, and, like, just to make it up for me, he's like, dude, here's a pit ticket, dude. I know we've been talking about this for almost two decades to go to this show. But, you know, I don't want to sleep on the couch for a month. So here's $50. <laughs> Give me 50 bucks, and here's a pit ticket. And I was like, dude, the rest, of your, beers before, the rest of your beers before the show are on me. That's pretty so, dope. That's dope. Yeah. So I was in the pit. Uh, I, I arrived at the show with him and left with the show with him, but I was in the pit by myself. In the meantime, he was in the bar. He, like, there's a bar in the middle of the floor of the, of the stadium. And since he's, like, at the show for free for his friend, his friend made him, like, the beer bitch and made him go get beers all night. So he didn't really get cool. to see the show. And I, like, keep giving him shit every day. Like, you should have just got on the show with me, man. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm usually in the pit, I turn around and there'd be one of those guys with, like, those racks of beer that it's like 16 by 16 that you hold around your waist, like at the ball game. Yeah. And every time I turn around, he'd be there. So I just cash him some cash and get, get a beer. But nice. midway through the set, man, like he wasn't around and I was getting thirsty. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I was going to run up to the, the grandstands and get a beer. And, uh, I'm like, this is Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, which is essentially right on the fucking river that separates northern Kentucky and Cincinnati. And actually, the Red Stadium and the Bengal Stadium face the Licking River, which is like two rivers in North America that actually flows south to north. But So I'm going up the side of the grandstand, and Axel's like, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Adler. And I'm like, fuck! <laughs> and I didn't... I turned around, man, and I was blowing by people like coming up the fucking ramp and going down the fucking ramp, like, <laughs> like weaving in flip flops 
like through the aisles, like like reflash my wristbands to get to the floor, and then like reflash them to get down to the into the pit because the guy's like, "You just left." I'm like, "Fuck you, shut up!" And I just kept running, and I like almost ripped out of my flip flops, dude. And I was back in my position, like actual side within three minutes, man. And <laughs> isn't it weird how you become you you find the superhuman agility that you never knew you had when you're bobbing and weaving around people at a concert but i made it back uh for for the beginning of my michelle and it was amazing and then i i I, uh i went to the nashville show the night after and he he showed up again but my tickets weren't as good i was way out past the 50 yard line on the side uh Uh the side of the field but it was great man that was the closest anybody had seen in a reunion in 27 years all right, so I'll tell you guys what. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Let's check out River. What do you say? Sounds good. Nice. That's good. Let's do it. You know something? I almost had to... Uh, pause the song because i was like oh shit did i accidentally play some brooks and Dunn or something? <laughs> well i i expected it more out of him than i did with duff and duff's most recent solo album so wait till you guys get, start covering those tunes So far, it's pretty catchy. It's not bad. Can't uh, argue with that. I mean, for the last couple of weeks, we've had Izzy songs on this show that hadn't been all that good, per se. But uh, so far, this one's not too bad. All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Shit, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullshitting. So let's uh, let's dissect what we've heard so far just a little bit. I just think he's talking about how life's just a constant flow, you know? You know, the water's going to get to the ocean, it's going to come back through the rivers, and then it's going to come back to the sea, you know? Just get a continuous cycle of life. And I think it's like talking about life and what he's seeing through a lens while he, he lives it, you know? Okay, so I think that probably just kind of sums up what uh, Jeff was saying a moment ago about the 
It's about the tides of life. That's the best best explanation, man. Let's remember, Izzy just wants to live life, man. You know, he's not all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll anymore. He just wants to write the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus out song. You know, the 4-4 four, four rock and roll, like, the stuff that, you know, the Stonesy stuff, like, and that's the stuff I love about him. And that's the stuff that I love that he brought to the band. Like, yeah. he also, he wrote a lot of, the, I'm a bass player, he wrote a lot of the bassy songs, other than uh, It's So Easy. Um, he's just like, man, he, he's just, I miss him in the band, I can't, I can't express it. Like, oh, I yeah. really feel like he was, he was the heart and soul of the band. He brought the, like, Ying to the yang he brought the balance you know like steven and, and slash and doc were out there partying so hard and he was in his own pocket partying himself but he was bringing like anchor to adjust you know to get to an even plane you know he brought the blue flash brought the blues but he brought the blues you know what i mean and oh, yeah. the rock he brought that oh, yeah. richery keith richard like thing to the band that hasn't been mimicked since and richard god bless him like he's tried really hard and he's a fantastic guitar player but nine ten, nine out of ten people would rather see izzy up there you know and it's just okay, because yeah. we love him and we miss him it's not because we hate richard it's just because we love or miss him that's oh, because yeah. nine out of ten you know that's because nine out of ten would prefer it because we just miss and love him and he's so recluse you know, you think Axel was recluse before Chinese Democracy came out. Look huh. at Izzy fucking straddling. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. This has been seen since like what, twenty twelve? Uh, yeah, I think twenty twelve is when I met him. Was you last... met Izzy? Yeah, I met him in uh, uh twenty twelve. That's actually a funny story. I've, I think I've told it told it on here before, but uh, you said ask me about it after the show, and we'll and I'll tell you the story. It's a pretty funny one, but uh. I I, I agree with that, and 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 the problem though is, I mean, like Slash when he got out on his own, he he kind of could stand out on his own, and I don't know if it's just Izzy releases too much shit that it can't all be winners, and maybe we've just you know had to run a bad luck with the Izzy songs that come up in our lottery, uh, but but most of them are shit, and I mean, but the same can be said for Slash, he put out a whole album of shit. With that first Snake Pit record. Put a couple. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I think his most recent album that he did with Miles, his most recent, the one with like the love you lost or the one you love got away and all that, I think it's just the best one to date because A, Miles isn't singing like somebody stepping on his balls <laughs> and he has more of a vocal range on this album. Yeah. Uh, Slash's other, other albums have been good, but this was my favorite Kennedy, Miles Kennedy album thus far. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's why Axel wouldn't touch that Snake Pit album. That was supposed to be Guns' follow-up to Illusions, if you don't count the spaghetti incident. Yeah. But it was supposed to be a follow-up. And that's I mean, I don't goes. blame you. You don't follow Illusions with that shit. Yeah. Um, was a- Ain't Life Grand was good, though, like that album. Uh, I would have loved to have heard Axel do some vocals on shit like Been There Lately and Landslide. Yeah. That would be really cool. But I, I can say so far, this is definitely, of the song, of just the songs we've sampled by Izzy so far on the show alone, 
Uh, this is this is my favorite so far. Yeah, this is pretty good, especially I think like uh, the good solo stuff. Like I loved the that only album with the Juju Hounds. Like that was some really good material there. Well, but yeah, this is like have... just solo wise is pretty good. I would say yeah. it's probably the best one so far. Which we'll get in all there? that eventually. My yeah. favorite, my favorite Izzy song is Baby Ram. It's four four straight to the floor rock and roll. Like boom, 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 boom. It's a great song. I like it. Uh, it's great, and the lyrics are even. It's very bluesy rock, but 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 fast bluesy rock. It's, it's one of it's one of my favorites. Um, let's not forget who played bass on this song, man. It was the Mighty Duff McKagan. So maybe oh, yeah. this was. Let's, let's 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 maybe you know Duff Duff has always said he wanted to do that you know John Thunder solo like country blues album and we got it last summer or the beginning of last summer and you know he's, he can play it because you see the bass line on this song so I mean Duff's a very uh, what I want to use here uh, he has a huge kaleidoscope range of what he can play he's very diverse and, exactly exactly and okay. uh Gotta love him for it. And he's my favorite gunner. I've yet to meet him. Uh, came close to Nashville on the solo tour last summer uh, in early June, but didn't happen. I did meet Mitt Bob, though. That was cool. Yeah. That's pretty dope. He's big. That's the thing about Duff is Duff is fucking huge. Oh, all of the mountain. <laughs> he stands out in the crowd, I bet. I'm getting a little bit of a Margaritaville vibe from that section right there. <laughs> a hint. <laughs> it's got that sitting oh, flip flops uh, on the beach influence to it. Nothing wrong with that. No, no I'm not I, saying you know, there's time, you know how it is. Man, when springtime happens and the snow starts to melt, that's all you want to do is have your flip flops on. So you know. This is kind of like one of those songs where, like, the season changes and you just want to put it on and be like, man, the sun's out and it's warm, you know? Yeah. It might not be the most live song in the middle of February, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see I can see playing this at, like, a beach party or some shit. Or maybe at the end of an Olsen Twins movie. Uh, <laughs> dude, I haven't thought about that in fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting observation uh, Fuck. yeah that is an interesting no. observation I forgot no, they still alive the I mean, thoughts in my head I'm like oh it has yeah. that little pop hook in it right there it just has that little pop hook in there you know what I mean <laughs> that's true <laughs> and when it does then it will be you know you can just see the Olsen twins giving you one of those thumbs up stairs like and then freeze frame and the movie's over <laughs> I wanna, hang on, hang on. I feel That's like we've awful. got some instrumental coming up. Let's play. Let's think about that.
Yo, that kick-ass guitar solo, that, that's all I can think about now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Olsen twins. Definitely a happy feeling song. Oh, for sure. Good observation, though. I can see. <laughs> I can. <laughs> Fucking Olsen twins, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's gotta be very 80s, though. Oh, yeah, like like late 80s, early 90s, any little kid's show, like you could... Before they stuff. lost their innocence. Yeah, full households and twins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that makes sense, produced because by, of Bob Saget. Produced by Disney. They'd have to be, like, produced by Disney, and they would have to follow every child labor law. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. That's why kids' shows aren't near as good today as they were when we were kids, man. Back in our day, we didn't have all those fucking pesky child labor laws and all that bullshit to have to deal with. Yeah, but we did, did we did learn from them, man. Look what happened to Screech. So, you know, you have to put those laws into fucking effect. You know? That's true, man. Screech is fucked beyond belief now. Yeah, that's Better true, him but... But there's also another way of looking at it, and that's like, like you know, fuck Screech. I'd rather watch good TV. <laughs> I mean. Bullshit, man. Bullshit, because I know sometimes when it's like 3.30 in the afternoon, you got that, like, late afternoon off, and you're on PBS, and Saved by the Bell's on. I know you stop for a second. I know you do, because I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody man, does. Milk crackers and peanut butter i want to take it back like i just got off of school well guys uh you ready to spin the wheel and find out what we're gonna do next week well wait, let's wait, get wait. our ratings in beforehand i forgot so. hey i've been doing good oh. though about not forgetting that till today that's tr- uh who wants to go first jeff you want to go first we go up to five out of five what do you give it yeah. oh i'd give it a solid two and a half just because like just after I said that uh, Olsen twins thing, it's just I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> like an A for effort, you get an A for effort, but then the Olsen thing just balances it out. Like, just, you know. fuck. Yeah, Duff's on there too, man. Duff's on there too, which gives you an all solid edge. But like that Olsen twin, it's just like that that poppy hook right there is where it just pulls me, pulls right. pulls down the rage. Yeah, that's where I'm gonna. I feel like had it come out in 93, that you could excuse that little... This came out in 2001. That era was dead. Like, I mean, the body hadn't got cold yet, but it was dead. Uh, slowly dying. Caputo, what do you give it? Uh, a solid uh, two and three quarters out of five. I'll give you that. I'm about in the same realm, too. Two and a half. Between two and two and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah. 
I mean, this came out the same year as Chop Suey. Think about that. Yeah, so, so you can kind of see where uh, yeah. music was already. So this was kind of out of date. Like this, yeah, two thousand and one. So. Yeah, shit was getting heavy. Yeah, no wonder a lot of people didn't buy it. I mean, this is just before Weezer broke up for a minute while their singer went to Harvard. So <clears throat> this is, I mean, even he saw it coming. He was like, eh, yeah. I'm going to go. Go get my plan B together while I got this money. That's right, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's a brilliant thing to do. Yep. I mean, Duff pretty much went back to school around then, too. Oh, yeah. See, I forgot about that, but yeah, he did. So. Fuck, I went to school, though. If I was famous, I'd sell insurance or something like that. <laughs> like, what an edge you would have in that kind of industry, you know? Look at you kill O'Neal. He sells the general. Yeah. Like, he's got a. He's got a sponsorship. If he, if he owned a store that sold car insurance with that general. Uh. Um, what do you call it? Gimmick that the that he's got now. Yeah, make some bank. That's right, why man. I like a lot of pro athletes like open up uh, used car sales places. You know what I mean? Like it's just the name you're buying. Oh yeah, and then you could say you bought it from Jack. Yeah, yeah, that, that adds value to it. That's prestige, man. Yeah. You can look down on your insurance card and it says Shaq Inc. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Has his signature on it. Yeah. You turn it around, he's got his little face going. You know? <laughs> Dude, that's brilliant, man. Do, 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 do. I just if made Duff you another McKagan, couple million bucks. If Duff McKagan did something like that, fuck, I'd buy Duff insurance. I'd at least buy it for a month just to get the card. Dude. Dude, this is a man. Duff owns so much Starbucks stock that before it split and became a national household product name, like he could easily just live off of the Starbucks shares that he has for the rest of his life. Duff's not. Duff, Duff does not need another adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and but, but but you know the man that he is, and the balls and the heart that he has, like he would do it. He would do something like that. You know what I mean? He started that foundation to make sure like other artists get their money correctly you know i think he's just now the poster child for it he like started it handed it over to people but like a to z like i don't think Duff's a bad guy man i don't and oh, no. like he's always seemed like a great dude let's spin the wheel so we can kind of see what we're gonna do uh do next week uh next but week. Uh, before we do, let me tell you right now, you can uh, head over to uh, GunsAndRadio.com where we're going to have a, another episode of GN Extra, our show after the show. We're going to continue hanging out with Jeff from GNR Central. We're going to talk about GNR Central. We're going to talk about all kinds of great, cool things uh, in the post show. We hope you'll check that out. Let's spin the wheel. Come on, something good. Okay, I can roll with that. What was your guys' take on VR? I don't hate them, but I mean, they're. I wouldn't put Velvet Revolver in my top ten of my favorite bands. But either, but I think personally, it was just a breath of fresh air to see them play again. 
But I think that's why the, the first album was bankable, but the second one, it kind of faded. Yeah. And talking to and interviewing multiple sources in the past, like, AV even said that, and that's why they didn't touch the project on the second album. Um, but, you know, it was, I saw them, uh, U.S. Bank Arena, uh, which is now, uh, Heritage Bank. It was where the Who riot happened in 77. Oh, okay. Uh, but I saw, and I saw them here in Cincinnati, and like what they did is they took it, like imagine the the the, the venue as a hockey rink, and like what they did at like one end of the goal is they just like put the stage at the the center ice line, so they used the back end of the arena to create like a theater setting. You know what I mean? So three quarters okay. of the arena wasn't used but they made it look like a theater setting okay. and i was in the pit and i was in the pit for that and it was it was a great show what would you what would you uh, rank it compared to some of the gnr shows you've seen oh way at the bottom way oh, at the bottom wow. <laughs> um all all the gnr shows that i've seen um or gnr related i saw guns 87 with aerosmith in cincinnati I saw them, uh, let's see here, uh, I saw Steven's last performance, so seeing his first and last, I saw I saw the Indianapolis Farm Aid show, uh, I saw the two Dayton shows in 91, the second one where Axel sliced the pan on his microphone stand, oh, and then <laughs> he played with the Chinese democracy, I, oh, I saw um, one of the, uh, two of the, uh, the the, the the New York shows the uh, not the Ritz but the uh, the ones that he came out with Hammerstein and yeah yeah thank you um, saw two of those shows and then I saw I didn't see him on the Chinese Democracy leg again when they came to Cincy I skipped it I was like man and then uh, I saw I saw five of the uh, not in a lifetime five or six of not in a lifetime shows including uh, Steven's show in Cincinnati and the New York show for the 30th anniversary. Man, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty dope. <clears throat> well, guys, we're going to wrap up this uh, the main version of our podcast, but we're going to continue this conversation with Jeff over on GN Extra. So head over to GunsRadio.com and check that out. Jeff, thank you for joining us on the main show, and uh, we'll see you here in just a minute on the, on the Extra show. Caputo! You ready to go home? Let's send him home. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week on the Guns and Radio Podcast. Peace. Later, guys. <laughs>